Hey, and welcome to the Mountain Cat Guitars podcast, where we discuss all things guitar related. My name is Doug Meyer, owner of Mountain Cat Guitars, and I've been buying and selling guitars professionally for over 25 years. From boutique guitar and amp builders, vintage guitar dealers and experts, guitar repairmen and luthiers, retailers, manufacturers, and of course, guitar players, we talk to the people who buy, sell, play, and of course, obsess over the things we love most, guitars. from Mountain Cat Guitars, and welcome to the Mountain Cat Guitars podcast. I don't know what number this is, but Daniel figured it out for a while. Um, we would like to thank our sponsors very quickly. We'd like to thank Bob's Used Helicopters and LaBella Strings, the finest handmade guitar strings Woo! in the world. And we'd like to give a quick shout out to Andrew Follett, our super awesomest number one fan. Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Um, and thank you for all the awesome emails during the quarantine. And we are post-quarantine, from what I gather, because we're here. right? <laughs> and we're just going to do a quick podcast. This is Josh from Protocaster. Guitars. Hey, guys. You probably can't tell it's Josh, but that is Josh <laughs> behind true. the mask. I'm growing a, a white beard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you grew a weird a, filter a, no, My family has like a whole nose beard kind of thing that we do. <laughs> yeah, it's um, cool. Yeah. And James Carmadetti, of course, Hello. from, and we were at the Guitar Shop NYC, the fabulous guitar shop in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, and Eric Coco from Labella Strings and the Guitar Shop NYC. And um, it's nice to be here. Gentlemen, how are you? Nice to see you, Doug. I know. We, I haven't actually seen you. This no, no. Oh, no, we did see each other. Like a month and a half. Oh, I picked your place right at the beginning. Yeah, I picked exactly. up some guitars, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this was a little weird. So, um, little but we were busy the whole time. We've yeah. been... You and I were very busy doing broadcaster stuff. It has continued to be that way, and I'm so grateful. So grateful to you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, my shop was busy, and you guys said you've been busy. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's funny. The guitar business itself, everyone I talked to said, oh, it's been fine. It's been I would have thought it would die. Yeah. Like, I just assumed the vintage market would crash. Yep. The vintage market's going crazy town. Yeah. You know, like, it's still, yeah. every time I look, I'm like, whoa, look at the prices of these things. And then it sells. Yeah, I mean, who knows if this is just symptomatic of this market, like the stock market, just being disconnected from the real economy or not? Who knows? I think or maybe this is a lagging indicator. Well, yeah. a lot, I just thought since so many musicians couldn't work, yes, and other people couldn't work also, but just there would be so many musicians who would sell their gear. Yeah. That there would just yeah, be this glut. making records now at home. I think also the stimulus money. May have stimulated. Maybe True. that's what it's for. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's in the name because people were getting money. So like, <laughs> I mean, they didn't look have to wait. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's maybe it really works when they give stimulus money. Yeah, I was surprised. I was just thought I would yeah. hang out. They attribute a lot to new players, beginners, and enthusiasts who never had the time. There you go. And yeah. maybe that's and then a little extra cash. So like, there was a group of instruments under the thousand dollar range and accessories and these type of things that went. They also, yeah, right. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but I was shocked. I was going to UPS every two seconds, you know, yeah. shipping stuff out. I was like, well, really? I just thought I'd be on vacation. Yeah, yeah, I haven't slept in seventeen days. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but people were calling for makeovers the whole time. Yeah. I was selling protocasters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I It wasn't a vacation for me. You know, like I just didn't have like the guys working at the shop at the beginning because yeah. like you didn't know what it was. Well, we were just lucky enough just to all stay healthy and we could walk here, and you guys could. All right, right, your places. Not like we all had to commute. Which right, is nice. and sh- you know, yeah. If sh- yeah. if sh- you know, this business isn't wholly retail anymore. 
So like, yeah. you know, like somewhere like Sweetwater was doing very well. They were selling out of everything because everyone's like, I'm, that's I did it. I was like, I'm going to yeah. buy an interface and learn how to record. Yeah, right. I never have the time. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, like I can't go play. You know, I couldn't go yeah. do some of the other things I normally do besides just working in the shop. So and I was you like, got a new and a new yeah, well, guitar. I stimulated the economy too. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is yours. I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. This is your uh, your D'Angelico. I have two D'Angelicos now. This guy. Oh, I went a little crazy. We have we all keep down the Angelicos, right? So I bought this from Buzzy at Lark Street Music, well. who we yes. love, which is a 1941 New Yorker. Yes. Now we're all on like this D'Angelico kit. This one's big. You know, Cobra's is there. Yeah, this is so a his is an inch XL. Right, which so that's seventeen inches. It's right, this is eighteen. 18. So this is the size of a Super Four Hundred. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same, same depth as well. I believe so. No kidding. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. still learning about these, yeah. and this is the A style, which was like the introductory level. Yeah. So it's the 1936A. Then the 1938 XL, and then the 1941 New Yorker. Like it's that's the three models. This basically. one's really been played and beat on. Yeah, you don't really see like player grade D'Angelico. <laughs> no. but this one like Cobra it got on the radar out here. Cobra was like, "Buy this guitar and I'll restore it for you." Quick. I was like, "Okay." Yeah, <laughs> everyone had passed on it because it was kind of as a headstock repair. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. So it's actually a player-grade D&D. Yeah, nice it's going to be great. Yeah, so it's like you can actually bring that to a bar and not worry that much about it. Yeah. Like this one I'd be a little... Yeah, so that one's the original finish. Mine was refinished in the 40s by John from Natural... Uh, from Sunburst to Natural. Right. And yours was... I they think we're finished in the 50s. By John. So it could have been John the... Oh, really? Or yeah. the Okay. Yeah. But most of them we're starting to find out are refinished because he would finish them for free. Really? What? Yeah. Yeah. Just to and keep his people who had these guitars time, didn't yeah. like weather checking. They yeah. didn't like pick wear, so they would bring them back and have them refinished. Right. Okay. So it's so common to have them refinished by and him. anyone he made for the person. They're mainly his friends. Like right. people like, who knew him. Huh. So they'd be, oh, I'll bring it back. We'll reshoot it. Yeah. Did, you know? did they all have? Uh, well, I guess not all of them. Uh, binding in the uh, the f holes. Well, that's uh, except this one. Right, that's that's, this is a cheaper model. What starts I to see. make these the cheaper model? Yeah. Right? And as they get fancier, they get. That's a lot of work. Oh yeah. my god. So that's why you know the style A is the style A, right. and the B is even cheaper. Oh really? Uh-huh. Does that just not have a neck? Like, do you have to go yeah, inside yeah, yeah. Like, to get a just neck? Comes the body. Yeah, yeah. What's a B? It's, it's like a cajon. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a simpler binding. It's more of a one ply or maybe a two. Well, this has yeah, this has just one ply binding mm-hmm. on the neck and five ply on the body or something. Yeah, and uh, then it looks like three. Like later okay. on, these get even cheaper because this is still a basically handmade. Right. Like these two are very close. Right. In construction and quality. Sure. It's just that it steps up to you know. Gotcha. A little more blank, a little more ornamentation. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot to learn about these. I just start getting geeked out on them. Because once you start to get that sound in your head, especially like I play like country guitar. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can play jazz on them, obviously. You know, I play them. Well, yeah, they have to have the right strings, we're discovering. Because right. yours has flats, or I mine did. has. This one has. Oh, you moved away from flats? I thought you were like missing flats. I know. I just, you know, I gotta change. Okay. This one has flats and it sounds like a jazz guitar. Yeah, I just put uh, 14 to 58 phosphor bronze 
with a 22 plain G. I've been really into that. Awesome. But these guitars, like this has just regular 12 acoustic guitar strings. Yeah. And it's kind of plinky for a yeah. guitar this size. Yeah, we'll yeah. Yeah, like 13s, 14s, but at least 13s. So I've, I've got an L50, a Gibson L50, that is the instrument that I learned to play on. Is this goofball right kind there. of beat up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and th- th- same same kind of tone, like a much thinner tone right. than you would expect, given the relative size of the instrument. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the right strings. You have to play yeah. them every day. Gotta activate the top. When he was building, is concerned. There are only so many companies making strings at that time in New York. Right. Say, there's only so many materials we had to make the strings. So if you were going to go super era, like appropriate, yeah, eighty twenty brass, or maybe a flat wound. Okay. Right. Like or pure nickel. nickel. Yeah, that didn't start coming until a little later. What, what about size options? What existed at that they point? Were, the strings were huge. Yeah, I, th- I thought they, they were started all gigantic. What? These were orchestra guitars. Yeah. 13s were like lights. <laughs> really? So that's just like entry level. Guitar, it has 13s. Yeah. yeah, like even Django in the you know in that era was playing much thicker strings than gypsy players are playing today. Yeah. Right. And you could hear it on the recordings. Right. One is a little plinkier, the more modern. Yeah. The old one is a little bit more full. Also, they were playing bars without... Pickups mostly, so they probably wanted as heavy yeah, strings yeah. as loud, they could. Yeah, loud, loud, loud. And that, that's why, like, on packaging, it's like the, the lights and heavies are wrong, right? But they were right for then. It's like right. that. That was light. A twelve right. is light. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why a lot yeah. of fifties guitars have problems now because of the tension. Like most Telecasters, most Blackguards, the necks don't work right anymore because the strings too are too light. They're not putting any relief in the neck. Right, right. like flats. Yeah. Right. But they were like 12s or 13s. And Gibson's always had, like a junior, it came with a round G. That's right. why juniors don't intonate with like 10s and... Right, and that's why a lot of times when guys do replicas, they put the bridge in the wrong place. Because mm-hmm. they put the bridge in the right place from a 50s guitar because they probably got a template and it never intonates. You're like, fuck! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's the deal with this? Right. So... It definitely opens up the guitar. Like you were putting those heavy. Oh yeah, no doubt. Experimenting like crazy. So Eric, bring me this. Bring me that. What the Beatles use? Opening up. And then we did the flats. I think they were probably using tens and and the. But someone told me they were using pyramid strings. They were using. Yeah, McCartney was using pyramid strings because they're German and they were making the strings for Hoffner. So they bought Hoffner's with pyramid strings. Okay. Later, you know. These rock and roll strings. Uh, yeah, well, he was using like labellas right. on the flats on the half bass. Right. But as far as the guitars go, I think the Ricks came with 11s or something back in the yeah. day. And, and they're, they're all flats, too. All those Because someone told me the Beatles used flat pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what you could get. That was what they were. Yeah, right. I was about to say, was it just an issue of availability? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, when strings Absolutely. came out, well, you said your strings are the first rock and roll strings. Yeah. The benders. Yeah. Oh, is that and, right? And what year was that? The first yeah, mass boom. produced, yeah. Oh man, okay. And that's, uh, you know, and then, you know, a much larger company came by and had this great marketing idea named Ernie Ball. And you made and them for them. Yeah, they told right. me we had, a, we had like um, a slinky, like an unwound G string. It was like revolutionary, yeah. squeal. And that's mm-hmm. how it all turned Right, maybe in our yeah. podcast that we did, yeah. I was like, we're an Ernie Ball person. You're like, yeah, we made them. <laughs> Because Burning the Ball had that really great, you know, when, by the time we were buying guitar magazines, they had those great little covers. It was a marketing company, and basically, was, yeah, from the beginning. Because you made the right. later on, they made their string. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's really interesting. Yeah, it's so huh. interesting. You know, like, well, what did D'Angelico use for strings in the 40s, 30s? The flats or the 1820s. Yours or someone else? Oh, definitely ours. Right, they had Without to be. Doubt. Yeah, the factory was in Long Island City. Yeah, he was in, on Kenmore, right? Right. So, did he come know, in to see your dad? No, it was probably my uh, great-grandfather's brother, Emilio, who he was the guy who went out and did the sales. 
So we get see all him. the New York pirates because we were making shirts for Guild right. and all the New York pirates who did Epiphone, Epiphone, yeah. Epiphone you know, all those guys. Where was yeah. Epiphone? They had a bunch of addresses before they. Well, that was Guild who moved around a bunch. I think Guild had four oh, Manhattan right? addresses, yeah. and then they moved that to Hoboken and then to Burlington ultimately. Oh, really? I think there were four different. Yeah. What, what period of time were we talking here? Forties, fifties. Yeah. Right around the Even same time. Earlier. Okay. Because yeah. building here. Because Guild was an Italian company. Yeah. So they had people really? coming over from Italy. Italy. That's why they stayed in Manhattan as long as they could. They could bring cabinet makers <laughs> and artisans over from Italy, mm-hmm. yeah. and they could move right into Little Italy into yeah, the language. Three brothers are making the Stellas, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, but mostly it was like you know, people went places because Epiphone was Greek. Yeah, I thought so. You know, so people went to where their people were in the city. So I'm sure the, there was a Greek neighborhood. I'm sure that's where Epiphone was. Queens. I was thinking Queens. Mm-hmm. Probably. Because right. yeah. Martin even started Probably in New York City. Queens up, right? Yeah, Martin Martin's started in New, New York. York Martins. Yeah. yeah, in the 1890s, 18s, Martin. Yeah. Those, those very right. little, little Martins are they called New York Martins. There's nylon string guitars. Yeah. Huh, weird. There's some in the Met. Yeah, I don't know how they wound up in Nazareth. I mean, probably the same reason. Lots of lands. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you know, build a big factory. Right, like, we're not getting a factory. Right, I was going to have Manhattan. Orville Gibson wound up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, of all places. Probably you have relatives there. there or something? A good question. I don't know. So it's a I, random spot. I, but I, he I, didn't start in New York ever. Like, Gibson didn't start in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else seems to have started in New York City, except for a couple of things. Like, there's a couple of things in L.A. back then, like mm-hmm. Weissenborn. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. Which, yeah. which and where's Stromberg in Boston? Weissenborn. Yeah, the guys who make those lap steel with the hollow necks. Yeah. Oh, they're pretty rare. I have one. A lot of guys make replicas of them, but huh. like uh, Ben Harper's famous for using them. Okay. But they're like acoustic lap steels. Yeah. Interesting. But Hawaiian acoustic music was. Lap steel. Yeah. But he did a hollow neck. Okay. That's like what I've been doing on mine. Right. I didn't even realize right. it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, people stumble upon the same thing. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. Well, like yeah. Paul Biggs was in California. Like, right, they were California, California things because LA, I guess, had all kinds of stuff going on. There's people in the desert too, just like yeah, just doing weird <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that does seem to be a requisite for. But and, and, then, yeah. and then there were things in yeah. Boston, like Vega was in Boston, mm-hmm. and Stromberg and was, was in obsessed Boston. with Vega. Remember that? Yeah, those were but, cool guitars. Well, they were they their biggest thing I think was banjos, mm-hmm. and they made some large tops, but like. The, their banjos were the biggest, but yeah, those electric really guitars cool were cool. Like they put the volume down on Yeah, the they made, and they made really cool Les Paul-looking things. Mm-hmm. Danny was the first guy, Dan yeah. and Chelsea Guitars, who we all worked there. Um, was hip to those before anybody knew what they were. Is, is the Vega the one uh, that has that really teeny little sound hole kind of in the middle? That's no, that's a, like a gypsy guitar. Oh, uh, not the Marco Ferry. Right. Uh, maybe it's another Marco Ferry, I don't know, but... Uh, most of Vegas looked like, you know, the electric guitars looked like Les Pauls. Like Les Paul's version oh. of a Les Paul. Right. Oh, okay. Like the, I'm, th- the I'm thinking of a weirdo. Right, and they, and they, you know, there are Vega archetypes. They look like that. They usually look like all 50s. Right. There's nothing high-end. Premier? Yeah. Premier was in New York City? Right. Yeah. Premier was a really cool company. Danny was really hip to those, too. Yeah. With the Brazilian rose with necks. Yes. Yeah. With the curly scroll things. Danny yeah. was collecting those before anyone even knew what they were. The whole yeah. neck is rose? It's Brazilian rose. Wow. Yeah, yeah solid neck. Brazilian rose with neck. Oh, yeah. it's On these scrolly oh, wow. bodies. And those, and like, like those Epiphone New York pickups. Yeah, like some clothes. kind of staple Weird. pickup. Like, yeah, Danny was hip to things before anyone was, mm-hmm. like magnetone amps. Oh, yeah. No one yeah. cared about those. Lonnie Mack used it, yeah. and that was it. And the guy Lonnie Mack liked, <laughs> um, Charles Ward. He has like one amazing album. The same guitar sound, just that that pitch shifting vibrato on the whole time. Never ever turn it off. But GE told me about that. Charlie, he's like, oh, you like Lonnie Mac? Charlie Ward, I believe, is his name. Robert Ward. He had like one album in the '60s and like one in the '80s. But this killing record, they all have like 
like Firebirds or something, and they're playing through these magnetone pitch shifting amps, and it was killing. Yeah. Sounded like Lonnie Mac, except Lonnie Mac just went to the next level, you know, like, and but he had, he was the pitch shifting vibrato one. And do you remember Danny had that whole wall of like magnetones? Yeah. And no one ever looked at them. No. And then all of a sudden it was like Neil like, Young, like one, Pete Townsend bought two of them, Robert Cray bought one. It was like they just all went in one day. Like, it's like the big plastic handle thing. That's yeah, that's an even different one. Yeah. You know, like the there were ones that like uh they it, they came in different names. Panoramic was in yeah. one of the names. Because back then different regions would have different names for exactly. things. The same amp. Yeah. Because yeah. they would be like they were distributors yeah. and they would put your own name on it. That's, oh, okay. I or see. Your, your company's name. There was right. like, you know, what was that? It was like thing with the Dwight thing. The Epiphone Cornets, exactly. Yeah. The Dwight's, right. Or they would just, if your store bought enough of them, they would put your stores. I think Dwight, that was yeah, what like Dwight was. Yeah, like Kitchen Marshall. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was all yeah. that kind of like, even Gibson had Recording King. Mm -hmm. um, and they had another one. Um, Recording King is a... Is a Gibson guitar. Oh, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff during the war years, too. Yeah, they where they, make money. they just wanted to make cheap versions of their own guitars, but they didn't want them under their own names. Yeah, so exactly. they were Kalamazoo's. Ah, yeah, yeah. And this Recording okay. King was Gibson. Yeah, it won't hurt the brand. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. a lot of times you really see, like, national archtops, with, uh, which are obviously Gibson bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, they start seeing that stuff. But especially during the war years, you weren't allowed to make certain things. Yeah. You know, so, like... All of a sudden, they really started sure pooling resources. <laughs> yeah, right. Because there's those really cool national guitars that are J45. Yeah. Or and other kind of Gibson bodies with That's national awesome nests. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, kind of guitar. It's so out there. <laughs> and then you find like you know no truss rod. Yeah. Ones because you couldn't use metal. Right. So oh, they would, I'm sure the neck was. They would make a truss rod right. out of like ebony or something, some very dense yeah. wood, and just. Put that in there, so it was non-adjustable. Just call it reinforced, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Still reinforced or just reinforced? Yeah, just reinforced. Right, yeah. just it's concrete. Don't worry, it's something awesome. So don't worry. About yeah, it. it's like kryptonite <laughs> in there. You're only gonna have it two years anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about that. Yeah. This thing. So I'm just seeing this for the first time completed today. This we've been seeing, you know, periodically as it's uh, been been updated in terms of you being at this step, being at that step. Right. Well, so that on. started in oh. a podcast. There's a podcast of when we came out here with my '54 Gold Top. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And decided to do a guitar roughly based on not the way it looked or the way it sounded, just the way it was. Yeah, what it does when you play it. it. But I wanted Jimmy to do his thing, so this came out. Yeah. Amalgamation of all the things that Jimmy's into, exactly. which is basically Paul Bixby, so Zemitis, cool. yeah. D'Angelico obviously got in there. You know, like, I mean, there are just so many little features that, that I just so strongly associate with Well, we you. saw these neck stingers uh, on the Stromberg. Yeah. I was at a Buzzies, a Lark Street. The side ones? I was like yeah. side sting. I was sending, like, June, like, sending Jimmy pictures from there. I was with Adam from Satellite. And I was like, dude, side stingers. I, I mean, there's just so much. They're like yeah, even they're, more stingers. It's hard to see, but there's yeah. actually from maximum a, a, a stinger. downward stinger. Yeah, maximum stinger. Yeah. Five stingers on there. Five stingers. Turn the stinger down to eleven. Yeah. yeah. Somehow we'll get six on there. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's going to be another one very soon because yeah. here is another one. Yes. Which they were supposed to be. They're called Golden Road guitars. They were supposed to be gold. <laughs> It didn't work. I mean, I mean look, <laughs> the name still works out. Yeah, we don't know so what gold classy. looks like. The silver. <laughs> Golden snot. Well, this one just had such a that nice one had top. such a nice top. Like the rules, you never shoot over a really flaming top. It's from the Greenwood Cemetery. Yeah, the but the problem yeah. is this one is a flaming top. <laughs> but we'll age it. Yeah, this one we we'll decided to do gold, much. but like some of the golds will be worn off of it so you can see the flaminess. Oh, I didn't even notice that the uh, you get like it just a little dimple here in the uh, the top, man. 
There's so a lot of shit going on. There's little curves. The thing flows in such well, a way. Well, I actually used this at a bunch of gigs when you could still gig. Yeah. You know, like I just got and did a couple of shows and then oh, this, this happened. One. So, yeah, this one's been a guitar. But then Dan, uh, Jimmy wanted to do some advertising for it, so I sent it back with Eric. So it's been out here. Gotcha. And uh, it got kind of tuned up again. It's but instant classic. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Well, a lot of Jimmy's stuff uh, is, is, from, is more avant-garde than some people are used to. Well, you know, it's, like, it's funny. I, I I agree with that assessment of avant-garde, but this is so this is so in the window of, of what the, a normal consumer would be into. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's clearly gorgeous. It's right. functional. It's simple. But Jimmy uh, really it has so many what we neat, were interesting was, historical notes uh, yeah. added throughout. I, I, I know I say this every time uh, I see you, but it's just, it's you. Like this is just you and a guitar. Uh, <laughs> that's so neat. It's that was so the kind of idea see. was to do like a Carbonetti guitar yeah. that would. Yeah. It's kind of based on the things that we love, but yeah. in Jimmy's aesthetic. Absolutely, you know, like right. that finish. Right on something slightly bigger, really deep, but it's not yeah. heavy. Yeah. No, no, it's good weight, and it, it, it might be difficult to see in the other camera, but there is a wonderful dish carve to this thing. And then uh, this, yeah. like, elongated. Yes. And then yeah, the roll-off yeah. on that. And yeah, Jimmy yeah. made this the pickups. Yeah, little touch yeah. here. The pickups uh, sound amazing. And so the rosewood we got from our friend uh, Michael, uh, and it's this really special uh, rosewood from Martin. It's a great story. Uh, they got it, like... I guess Martin sold off a bunch of their rosewood that was too red or something in the 60s. They called it a bee stock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it still looked uniform. Yeah. People would have been like, wait, they had them. why does this guitar look weird? And then, yeah. so we got a bunch of it, and it's really nice. Yeah, it said Martin guitars on the, yeah. on the like, piece of tape on it. 60-year-old. Yeah. You know, yeah. Incredible. And the next for this one was, it was around here somewhere. Yeah. stocks of rosewood doesn't exist. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And then, so with these two guitars... Also, how it's connected of the mahogany from this neck is from the same board as the mahogany for this neck, and the fingerboards are from the same piece of wood too. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it's also interesting to see uh, how you're starting in terms of uh, preparing the neck for uh, your your yeah, lamp yeah, yeah. there. Um, Get the chisel out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the gouges. Oh, wow, it's super light. Super yeah, it's light. crazy. You didn't hollow it out yet, though, right? Oh, the front in there. It's filled with helium. Yeah. It's so light. It's actually going to be lighter. But that's why I like that Weissenberg thing, yeah. like li really light neck on it. Because it's funny, like, we had this thing where we had, I wound up in a 1960 Strat neck I took in trade. And I just threw it on a Protocaster body because mm -hmm. I just wanted it under tension. And it sounded amazing. And then we put that neck on another guitar, and it sounded exactly the same. So, like, maybe the sound comes out of the neck. It's a big part of it. It's yeah. definitely part of it because that neck set, and I had that with something else where I had a vintage neck and we slapped it on something. It sounded just like a vintage guitar. So yeah. I, like, I mean, a lot of times on the guitar, it makes sense. On an electric guitar, you're hearing the sound from over here, too. It's like right. the center area is like here. But that was the whole thing G told us once what they used to do when they would record guitars. Like, I think it was like in Nashville in the 60s, is they would put a mic here. Yeah, the 12th fret. And just play guitar without an amp. Yep. And like double it that way. To get all that noise coming off of here totally. with no amp. An, yeah. an electric guitar? Yeah, yeah. an electric guitar. Oh, okay. huh. That was like a, one of those recording tricks from way back when. Of it, yeah. yeah, so you're getting like the pick attack and the sound coming out of the neck, mm -hmm. like directly out of the neck. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's why handmade guitars sound different. Yeah. Because they're better. <laughs> they're better. And they have space stuff on them. Yeah. So on. 
But they, you know, it is that you're picking a piece of wood and carving it properly. And I think a lot of it's fitting it in properly, fitting the pieces together properly. Totally. I spoke to one builder, Damien Probit, amazing builder in England, and I, he sent yeah, me a guitar, and I was like, "Why does this thing sound so good?" And he's like, "You know, like his thing was to get the pieces to fit together so well that you only need a tiny bit of glue to make contact." Mm-hmm. And he said, "What Gibson does is they're kind of close, and the rest they fill with glue." Yeah, <laughs> and it's easier that way than sitting there and sanding it and making uh, no sand more. Fit, uh, no, I mean it does make sense. That it does make sense. A, a production company is just not going to have the same amount of time that a one. They can't shot do that, just right? You need a billion guys doing this. Yeah, know, like, yeah, exactly. That's why they can't shoot lacquer like you shoot it. You need a billion guys who can sit there and shoot and sure, sand, and do the shoot, thing. sand, yeah. And shoot. Yeah. Ah, fuck, it's screwed up. Got to try all over again. They need a big blob machine. To, Puts that shit on there. It's dry in 26 minutes. Right. It's in a store an hour later. Right, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's stuff. Uh, otherwise, it'd be a $30,000. You'd need 40,000 yeah, guys sure. shooting lacquer. Exactly. Who <laughs> so will have to live someplace. Yeah. So this one is for Richard Fortas. And then this one... I uh, love the carving. I know. Is that the first guitar you did that on? Uh, I've done other versions of it, but never like this. That looks so right for that guitar. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know how well this comes across, but uh, there's this beautiful kind of coronal or stellar uh, <laughs> uh, carve into this thing. It's coronal. It's, it's, it just has it this. Coronal. Yeah. Just has this beautiful reaching out. Yeah, it really uh, does. Like that looks uh, like sunburst. something going on in that back. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost like like fifties cars. Yeah. Just like when you see those lines, it just yeah. makes you excited. Yeah, like just, back will be just that something exists that looks so cool. Uh, absolutely. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and, and the same sort of flowing quality that exists uh, with with this guitar exists here, and, and maybe even more so. Uh, uh, yeah, guitars, I would say, have really color. evolved yeah. since you start first started making guitars yeah, in Third Street or wherever oh, yeah. it was to these things. You know, that's yeah, how many years is that now? Possible. Ten. ten. That's ten years? Right, right. When I opened my place, you'd open yours. Yeah, or, 2010. Not four after. And so, we've been here to the past week now, or what, a couple weeks, five years. We just had our five years. I know, that's amazing. Is that right? Five yeah. years? In this wow. shop. Yeah. yeah, that's that amazing. Crazy. This room. Yeah. I remember that. And there was like a hair cutter in there. Yeah, right? yeah it was a hair salon. Thank you, Italian hairdresser. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, a moment ago you described uh, getting as weird as possible with this stuff. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah, understand what you mean by that, but. I feel like there's so much more refinement. Well, you work the other yeah. way. Most guys come out with like a guitar that obviously looks like something. Sure. And then sometimes they get to somewhere where it's something kind of original, and sometimes they don't. But you came out with completely original things. <laughs> they're so wild and worked backwards. Yes. Where now they're starting to come somewhat into line with other things, but not really. But they're more maybe accessible than some of the early things that uh, were just. Yeah, I would say accessible, but but accessible but not by virtue of its that thing, right? Becoming a, a very mature, very refined version uh, of what they thing. were. Yeah. Right, but that takes a long time. They're turning into an adult. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing too. You're, you started when you were pretty young. My tools are getting smaller. Right. <laughs> yes. That sounded bad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you get older, you don't want to say shit like that. We're getting old. I know, I've yeah. changed because you get engaged I was, and you wear shorts. Well I'm from I'm playing guitar in the nineties, so if like if you wore shorts and play guitar, everyone thought you were in Pearl Jam. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I can't do it. I just can't. I'm like, I can't even to a rehearsal. Yeah. Like, what are you, fucking Pearl Jam? Like, yeah. I think, uh, no, but side. I like Pearl Jam. Yeah. But, but you can't wear shorts and play guitar you're in Pearl Jam. So what are you going to do with numbers-wise? Right? Uh, numbers makes no sense. Snack, it was cooler. It's by how were they? Well, they live in Seattle. Uh, yeah, those will summer. have but they shorts in the winter. Mother of Pearl. They're indoors. Uh, they're cool. They were on heroin. It's winter? What do you mean? It's only summer in Seattle. It's not at all. It's not true. No kidding. Yeah. So do you want it? And this will be a blue and neck and then all carved. Oh, that like super access. What's a, what are you going to do in terms of thickness for the neck? Do you have numbers in mind? A nice one. <laughs> good one. It's very nice. Good. 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 All right. Well, clover. To yeah. keep moving forward, because we're not. We're going to do this kind of short podcast today, because um, why? Because yeah. Daniel's yeah, running. Because Daniel was mm-hmm. really weird about it. <laughs> Sorry. <no. laughs> yeah. I was like, well, can we cut this short? Because you guys yeah. are stupid. Uh, <laughs> um, let's talk about the guitars that you brought today. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we got a handful of uh, makeovers that uh, that arrived. And a non-makeover. Uh, today. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is our first guitar from Ken McKay, which is a 335 looking thing. Yeah, um, holy smokes, this thing is pretty. It's uh, flamey, it's awesome, it's a handmade semi-hollow-body guitar. Yeah, man. Ken's an awesome guy. Super um, cool dude. Yeah, I'd always heard about his stuff, I'd always seen it on the internet, oh. and then I think Lance somehow facilitated us. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah Lance was going to do stuff with him, because you wound up with a guitar right. from Lance, because I knew Lance knew him. And then we saw these guitars, and we're like, oh, let's do this. I think Lance wants to do a... Uh, a run of things with Ken too, so that's, that's, that's we right, just kind of the, got there first because Lance is tied up with Smart Bell right now. Exactly, which we're going to do some the, videos the, for Lance's Smart Bell amp. My friend Jack is right there, and he's going to play through this, and it's going to sound awesome. Um, and Lance's fuzz pedal is around here too somewhere, which sounds really oh, cool. Awesome. So yeah, I remember uh, Lance talking about this. Yeah, so they're at you know, Smart Bell. They're yes. kind of everywhere, um, and when they're here at the Guitar Shop NYC, if you live near here and you want to try Lance's stuff, and that's so that's one Ken make guitar. So this guitar. Ken McKay makes guitars, but we wanted Ken to make a guitar where Josh could do the finish. Yes. Because Ken doesn't do aged finishes. Right. So, so this this arrived as unpainted wood. Uh, the woodwork was complete, uh, and uh, I just built the guitar out from there. Uh, and given the flaminess of the top... You yeah, had no choice. Yeah, <laughs> it could yeah. only be one color. Yeah, Because exactly. it's so spectacularly flamed. Yeah. And yeah. the sides as well. The sides are Yeah, really the whole thing. Is just, so if you like flamey semi-hollow, some people don't. The originals weren't that flamey. Sometimes they were, but not Yeah, really often. they were. Right. Mostly not. Right. Uh, but... Um, yeah, this this is a uh, a lovely guitar. Uh, yeah, can you, like that sounds like a real dot marker to me. Like it's that handmade thing. Yeah, and you, know, you uh, can see videos of him on YouTube hand making guitars. Like it's not the same thing as when a machine makes it. And what what a, what an unassuming dude too. He's really Super approachable. Cool. Where's he's like um, in Michigan? It's also the finish. Uh, Michigan, yeah. Somewhere in the middle like country. shooting a lighter lacquer. Very very. The lacquer cool. makes a huge difference because yeah, that's what prototypes to makeovers are, which were yeah. that was a good segue. <laughs> nice. Getting good at this. Hey, you would be on the guitar. Yeah, piece. you would be on the <laughs> So this one is a Les Paul makeover. It, not Les Paul. I fucking love it. We started with a Les Paul. Let's fly. We started with a Les Paul and ended with a 335. Um, this is a um, historic 335 that Josh did the finish on because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So strip this thing down. 
Uh, and this rebuild. was the big question because, again, this is a flaming guitar. Very. And um, we didn't necessarily want it to be blonde again because we just did this blonde. It, exactly. So and we're like, could you do sunburst flamey guitars? And so we, we found a couple of examples that actually Yeah, existed. there were real ones that were flaming. Oh, yeah. 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 Not they, that many. They looked pretty cool, the vintage examples we saw. Uh, but I got to cool. say... Yeah. I am in love with the look of this guitar. I know, that was one of the first like emails you sent me where you're like, meet your new Lord guitar yes. or something. <laughs> like, wow! Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, maybe just get like sweet. a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't bother using it. But just the sunburst came out perfect. So Very nice. Yeah, it's, you it's, shot it. It can be difficult to, uh, to, to take it in uh, uh, without, like, say, sunlight, but uh, there's like full translucence right. into the... Uh, Ends and into the side. Right, starting to do that thing that all 335s do that are just so cool where the colors start to mix in that one oh, area. Man. Just love they it. They break apart. That kind of purplish brown. Yeah, brown. that's what they called Viceroy. I yeah, think. I, I but, believe you're right. But they didn't uh, always call uh, it that, but I remember someone going, oh, that's Viceroy sunburst. I was uh, like, what do you mean? And, and then, it's yeah, a reddish okay. sunburst. Yeah, exactly. That's how the red bleeds out anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, Oxblood's another good description for it. And then, you know, just the, the kind of simpler plain back, uh, which is more typical for these guitars uh, but uh, just a, a lovely piece um, uh, I, I I mean it is absolutely back padding but god I love how this thing came out. yeah well, you really <laughs> we haven't done that guitar yet we've done a lot of Sunburst Les Pauls yeah, for sure but we haven't done well these are the first two 335s I think you shot no maybe you did another one uh, I've shot a handful of them right uh, over the years ones. yeah because um, eventually we'll do a red one yes yeah I, I haven't done that I, right. I've, I've I've only shot a Cherry 339, uh, not a, uh, this This was a little, one a little project for myself. Year oh, right, right, right. Uh, and uh, so a full-size uh, 335, I haven't done a, a Cherry one of those right. yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, right? Uh, and then, oh yeah, this, this is, is a, cool. This We've been wanting to do this one. for a long time. Yeah, that, Ebony Block. Yes. Which is... Gibson did ebony block guitars, you know, like, which was weird. Is I saw a picture of an ebony block three fifty five. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, that, that was and it's awesome. real. Yeah, Very it's nice. cool. Yeah. So they did put them on other guitars, even. I think those are the only guitars I've seen on Zeshis and that one three fifty five. Yeah, but. Um, and I forget why they actually did the album but I think just simply because it looked good and a lot of people don't like this tailpiece. Yes, this tailpiece. But you know what? Every once in a while, you play one and you use it, and you're like. Oh, this if one, it's set up right, if it's set up right, it's like you just have to make sure the nuts cut right. Right, it's like 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 Bigsby's when yeah. I was young. A Bigsby never stayed in tune. Yeah, you so never heard of Right. Yeah, I used to think that was the normal sound of a guitar yeah. tuning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing how primitive it was. But Bigsby guitars, we just like don't buy those. They don't stay in tune because no one knew how to set it up. You know, and this tailpiece for everyone ripped these ones off. Yeah, and even the sideways like Brola. Now the guys can set up guitars You're properly. Right. Actually, it's a cool idea. It's just a little cumbersome, but yeah. you know, it's not a bad concept. I, I mean, the the thing that is peculiar about these is that they existed for such a short time. Mm -hmm. Right, only did it for a year, year. Or, yeah. Yeah, or one yeah. year or something. It was probably just someone's idea of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if that tailpiece just didn't move? What could we do? And guys, like, oh, I'll make some ebony things. That'd be cool. Right, exactly. But there's quite a few original ones. Yeah, of, of the uh, of the uh, blocks. Yes. We, we had a friend Nikki Scopolitis, um, who's a New York guitar guy, who's awesome. If you're watching, Nikki, hello. Mm -hmm. um, who dealt these back in the day? For some reason, he found them, tons of them. 
Yeah. Oh, is that right? Oh, there's Hattel. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, black ass jeans, though, because I never even saw them before, and that was like Nikki's thing. Everyone had their niche back yeah. then. Somehow, like, he was the guy, if you found one of these, you called Nikki's Couple Leaves. I funny. almost put one. I remember I had that 62 SG custom. That was fun. I almost put Oh, one. yeah, yeah. I had the widest neck ever. That neck. That was, that was the old beat up cool one, right? Yeah, yeah. Fire. That's right. Yeah. Did I lend you the money to buy that? Yeah, probably. You had it. Oh, you had it too? And then Kobe had it. Or Kobe had it. Oh, there, the Kobe. Uh, I gave it to Kobe and then yeah. you got it from Kobe. That's right. how guitars worked back then. Where is it? It's like. Where is it, Junior? <laughs> it got sold to somebody who. Some kid. Is he slab? Is it's about to say. What's his address? Go there right after this. I thought I saw that SG at Southside Guitars. It would make sense. Yeah. If it was around here, you would sell it. Fair enough. It had, like, this part was all burned and this thing. Well, you sent me pictures of you. Yeah, yeah. Playing that guitar. Well, well, you had every great guitar at some point or another. Yeah. And you would like sell them in Texas when the car broke down or something. Yeah, right. Did one you sell your parking about in this Texas? particular one is that this just started uh, out life as a uh, 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 <laughs> sixty-one <laughs> reissue. Oh, maybe it's your junior. Just out of the name. Yeah. I was like, where's your guitar? I don't know. Maybe Texas. Well, so this just started life as a simple sixty-one reissue that we stripped down. Totally reshaped the headstock because mm-hmm. uh, the headstock that uh, that they have for those Isn't I don't that, know why, but they just yeah, do a know much they don't get stuff right on their headstock. own guitars. Uh, you know, like, I wonder if part of it is just oh, if you want the really right things, spend yeah, another yeah, grand more. But then those aren't um, right. Yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but so uh, plugged the uh, the stock tailpiece holes and the uh, original Nashville holes and redrilled all that stuff. Shot the thing in aged white, which. To my knowledge, I don't think any of the original uh, ebony block ones were anything yeah, other than cherry. I think no, there's Pelham blue ones. What? Yeah. I know I've seen a Pelham one. I bet you there was a white Was it a refinish? I don't think so. Well, there's a refinished one available right now. Yeah. There's two ebony block refinished guitars on eBay right now. Wow. Well, that's interesting. 61s and, like, real ones. Oh, okay. Which is odd. But they're both refinished and restored and all that. But, um, yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, I've seen them in other colors. Interesting. And then there's that one three fifty five. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely seen some of the fancier thin line stuff with yeah. that block. I guess they got that tailpiece. That's a cool ass looking piece. It's so sure. cool. Yeah, you can um, just make that. Yeah, which that is exactly what uh, what this is. Uh, there's a company in Germany that's producing these things, uh, and I, I guess it's a relatively simple thing. You know, just yeah, got so a little woodworker. He's like, oh, give me yeah, an hour. Right? I'll go make. Hundred yeah. of those. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the trickiest part would just be getting the uh, the little um, uh, things in there. Mother of pearl part, That's right? Easy. But any guitar maker could have. Yeah, I guess you have a lot more experience with it right. stuff. Yeah, they I, put it nice in the guitar. That's easy. I've never carved any of that you stuff. Put frets on top of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, just another interesting piece that uh, that, awesome. that we've got, uh, and this is going to go up for sale soon. I'm assuming. Yeah, unless it gets put down by somebody I know already. Oh, a bunch of friends are like, "When are you getting that guitar?" Have you got a guy on the line? A yeah, few. yeah. Okay. You just don't see that. No, um, no. And SGs are super cool. Uh, yeah, I love SGs. Yeah. it's like the great. So I had a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a '61. That great guitar. '65. Like oh, Jimmy really? Page played an SG. That would be the most popular guitar on the planet. Fair enough. Yeah, that's probably right. SG. That's true. And it's pretty popular. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, good guitar. It's, it's ridiculous. Very, guitar. very few guitar players where their main guitar was an SG. Yeah. Angus. Angus, right. Tony Iommi. And that's it. And that's it. 
Derek Trucks. Derek Trucks, oh. but he's a newer guitar player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's great. Scissors out of the harp. Oh, that's an amazing video. Yeah. That one video, you're just like, wow, she's the coolest thing that ever. But she had a absolutely really custom. custom. She had a custom. And she was wearing her jacket and she had her pocketbook. God, she looked, she looked <laughs> amazing. She's the best. Yeah. Perfect. She's playing at like a train station? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She's just killing it. Oh, like man. the best guitar tone ever. Yeah. Yes. And what a metaphor. Like the, the other side of the tracks. Right, you know? here we go. Yeah. You know, Ooh. she's like, she didn't even take her jacket off. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. so awesome, I don't need to take my Let's jacket play off. She's Krieger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Krieger. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. That's true. Always. Cool guitar player. Yeah. Amazing band. You know, like that's one of those bands where like Individually, those guys were kind of interesting players, but together they made this thing. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, who else could have been the Gary guitar Washington player? Washington, right? there's, there's our one. Gary Washington uh, played in just a slide on SG, because Dwayne did. So when, yeah, when we played they, on uh, Freebird. Most important. Pretty good song, though. <laughs> yeah. Not a not popular song. <laughs> it's literally the second most requested song. <laughs> I played, I played, I played slide on Freebird. Song. Yeah, so that's pretty good. But he did this weird thing where he stuffed like a pencil under the fret here. What? You can see it in videos. To get the lift. Yeah. So oh, they turned him into lap steels. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but you can see it when it's once. Oh, really? like, so it's, go look at pictures. There's something stuffed under here. I That's think it was a pencil, then it was something else. Remember Danny always had those things that you, this, the brass thing that you yeah, put little, your nut? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Like a little, little genius. Yeah. Oh, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what's so interesting now, I just bought one of those Duesenberg lap steels, and they have a capo built into the neck. What? So you you unscrew this thing and you just move this little track and now it's a capo at that fret. Weird. It's fucking brilliant. Huh. Magic. Like it, <laughs> like they were early That's versions good. of like the banjo thing, like the band little track and you would move this just to get this string mm-hmm. to move his start at the fifth fret. And if you wanted to do open string stuff, you would move this little thing and it was like a little pointer. Yeah. And it kind of worked. But the Deuce Work thing, it's really smart. I mean, they should they could put it on guitars, I assume. Oh no, your hand would hit it because you're, you're playing it like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's kind of smart because in lap steel, in lap steel, you want the open strings if you can get them, so you could move this thing. That's awesome. It's really smart. I bought one of those things because I've been playing. That was one of my things during the quarantine was I wanted to get better at lap steel, and they had they have the bend the benders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you could sound like a pedal steel guy. But and then I had that thing. I yeah, did you end up getting that thing set up how you want? The, the still the guitar. One? Yeah, I love the purple. Yeah. <laughs> did, did I send you pictures of this thing? This this is a, a metallic purple Telecaster uh, that has a stroke stripe stripes like. Oh, oh that's that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Very nice. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, and then this uh, like ridiculous honking like engine block piece. Uh, with these two it's levers. a Duesenberg, uh, you know, like the, basically they're, they're the bender. I love the palm bender. I love the Bixby palm bender. I told them to make them again. Like, I know. Oh. Well, there's a whole thing. That's why I got really <laughs> Here, into this. I, cl- I have a bunch of them. Oh, give me one. Like, yeah, I'll give you one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just started buying them anytime I saw them because I played bender. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, they only made them for a year to a guy at Big Speed from what I gather invented that. Yeah. Just so you can make a bender out of this. And it works really well. They only made them for a year or two for some reason. They're great. And they're amazing. That basically, Duesenberg is an updated version of the Bixby thing. Yeah. But it's the big, the body of it's just a regular Bixby mm-hmm. tailpiece. It's just, he got the idea to put the vendors on them. And supposedly he was making them for a minute out of his house. Yeah. And then went dark. Huh. So I assume he was killed <laughs> by Bixby. Yeah. Now, the, so no, but if you go on all the uh, forums, everyone said, oh, I was speaking to him for a second, he was making them, and then he stopped. Huh. So who knows? I forget the guy's name. It's one of those black helicopters. Yeah, situation. it was like a very early version of the internet. You know, people had words speaking to him, and then who knows? Maybe he just got this money in this, you know, or, or whatever. But I think he, there was a fight that he invented it, but he was working at Bixby at the time, so it was a Bixby product. But they didn't make him for very long. Yeah, and it was a really smart 
concept. So right. Duesenberg basically just updated it. Because well, he okay. made pedal steels and crazy stuff, so of course he was going to make Paul Bigsby. Yeah. Right. That was his main thing. Right. He made more of those than guitars. Right. Is that right? Interesting. But, the, but never came with the palm benders. But there was, like, Danny had a few, like, 50s lap steels. They did have little versions of benders. Yeah. So, I, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. Everyone mm. was doing stuff. Those are early versions of the B bender. Adam has, like, a piece of one. It was on a 335. It was a vintage guitar what? a year ago. With this whole apparatus. Yeah. That came down. Big stand? Yeah, it was basically this giant metal piece that came up to like here. You did it like a... It was crazy. Wow. It was on the cover so of vintage guitar because someone found it. Yeah. And Adam wound up like... I think it has a piece of one of those. Does it come with like a bass drum on it's your so, back? It's basically that. Symbols. It's so crazy yeah. looking. It had a foot thing for your foot. Oh and something God. that came up to like your yeah, shoulder, yeah. Yeah. like it was Brace. crazy. But like, people were so into benders because every band had a pedal steel back mm-hmm. then. But who that wants to carry that fucking thing? No, you know. So like guitar players were trying to sound like that. But if you can get a couple strings to bend, yeah. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. Clarence White and uh, Gene Parsons, or yeah. not Grand Parsons, Gene Parsons, yeah. made the the B bender. Genius. And then they got better and better. Ran over by a car. Yeah, he got crushed by a car. (laughs) Loading out. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Clarence White. Yeah, because he died very young. After a year. I just assumed it was a cancer. No, he's playing like a gig. You know, like, and he got crushed. What? He was loading his stuff into a car, into a trunk, probably throwing his amp in there, and a drunk driver hit him. Wow. And he was like the most in demand guitar player at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone wanted that sound on their record. Yeah. He was the only he made the thing. Yeah, and he made the thing, you know, and then Marty Stewart has it, mm-hmm. the original wow. B-Bender. I saw them play, the birds. The oh, birds. that was supposed to be amazing. Awesome. Me and Jeff went on a date, it was great. Oh, yeah, he's a birds fan. <laughs> that was supposed to be great, my friend Curtis went to that. Was he was like a birds good. freak, you know, like, but I love the birds. Well, yeah, when we all worked at 30th Street, it was like, oh, we were listening to it for a while, like, it was birds yeah. albums, you know, like, Gene Parsons solo stuff. Oh, no, not Gene Parsons. Well, that stuff's good, too. Who's the guy who wrote all that stuff? Not Gene Parsons. He's the drummer. Gene Clark. You know, all those names are weird. There's Graham Parsons, yeah, yeah. Gene Parsons. <laughs> lots, lots of Janes, lots of Parks. Lots yeah, of Parsons. lots of dudes. So, anyway, we should probably begin to wrap up. Oh, are you just taking a break? We're still rolling. Oh. We're on the iPhone right now. Those are for the guitar that you're holding. I'll oh. put those on in a minute. Shameless plug. Ooh, very shameless. <laughs> Those are the 13 to 56. Wow. All right. Ooh, awesome. Flower the guitar. Yes. <laughs> like your zucchini. <laughs> oh. Those blossoms are gorgeous. We would also like to say congratulations to Jimmy, who recently got engaged. <laughs> But a wonderful woman from I gather who I'm going to meet later today. Yes. Um, and congratulations to you. Thank we you. haven't got to celebrate properly, but we brought you a cake and some really big zucchinis. I love it. So we'll cook them down. <laughs> um, You're supposed to and we'd like to wish our friend yeah. Chris Cush or Chris Mojo a happy 60th birthday. He was supposed to be here today, but happy birthday! Happy birthday to you, Mojo. He's usually on our podcast, but he is not around today. He's, He's missed out, but we'd like to wish him a happy 60th birthday. He's 60 years young today, and very few people know as much about guitar as that gentleman. Um, and we'd, again, like to thank our sponsors, Bob's Used Helicopters, whose motto is, why buy a new one? These still fly. <laughs> <laughs> he takes that very seriously. Yeah. I've known Bob a long time. He's a great guy. Um, Look, Bella Strings, Eric Coco's company. Woo! The finest Bella. handmade guitar strings in the world. 
and the Guitar Shop NYC. And again, a shout out to Andrew Follett, our bestest buddy in Texas. Andrew, thank you for your support. Yeah, and Daniel, thank you for your technical wizardry. And Connor, thank you for your help. And we're going to make some videos right after that with our friend Jack, who's standing right there. And we're going to do Lance Keltner's new Smart Bell amp and fuzz pedal. Um, see you on the next podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.